DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Simulationistas, up. You're here with Dan Raymer and Janice Palaganis. Sup, Janice. Sup, Dan. So, actually, that's the question for you because I know you just came back from the Montreal Jazz Festival. Yes, it was fantastic. It's a great summer thing to do. Oh my gosh, I love Montreal. So, Jaden, my son, has just really started loving jazz and he's renewed my love for jazz, which I, you know, I used to in maybe college and high school, love jazz. My brothers and I used to like kick it on the piano, do some improv together. It's been really fun trying to mess around with, um, you know, Jaden on piano and guitar. And so watching bands do it, I just love. And it reminds me of actually Steve Schoenbaum plays in a band. And he's, every time I meet with him, we talk about, and he's really into jazz. And I should say classical music as well. And he plays um, for a band. And we always talk about how jazz and being a musician in a band can really relate to teamwork in the medical setting or in the hospital setting. So I was thinking a lot about that as, as I was at the Jazz Fest. And, and um, I don't know, have you thought about it? I certainly have. So as you know, I'm musically incompetent. Yet you right know now. every band, you know every song, you know the words to the song. I, I enjoy music. I enjoy listening to music. I cannot play any instrument, even though I've tried a number of times in my life. Dan, you know what I'm realizing? Music for us, we are the exact opposite in music as we are in simulation. So in simulation, you're the one that has like the years of experience and live it and have experienced all the phenomena that I study and know the literature and the authors and jazz. You know all the songs and the music and the the words of the songs and the artists, and I just understand the beats and the, the chords that are being played. You're on the practical side. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think music and musicians playing together is an obvious example of, you know, teamwork and bands, the people that play together. It's much more than any individual, and you learn that when they go off on their own and they play with another band. Uh, um, They're not the same. As I was at this um, Jazz Fest, I was trying to pick up on what it reminded me of was playing jazz with my brother. I just remember how much we practiced and how much you need to know, because you do need to know the chords. And you have to really listen out for each other and you have all these nonverbals. And it reminded me about teamwork in the healthcare setting and how if I got every clinician to be on a jazz ensemble or just understand the techniques of improv when it comes to jazz, 
you really have to be patient and kind of go with the flow and listen to each other. And it's such an interesting exercise when you're experiencing it and the beauty that can come from it is like phenomenal. So yesterday I uh, participated in an obstetrical teamwork course. My role was an unusual one. Our, the obstetricians here at CMS run that course, and uh, it's a new course. This is a new rendition of the course. Uh, this was one of the first times they had run it, and they asked if I would come and help them and be a backup for the anesthesiologist who was going to participate in the course, because if if he called for help, they needed someone to come in and say, I'm an anesthesiologist and help you. And so I wound up being in the room much more like a participant than as a simulationista. Two things struck me. One was that um, our obstetrical teams have been to simulation many times, and they were really good at some of the uh, chords. You know, mm-hmm. they were really conscious of the, the uh, structure of the team. And one thing that we're really good at that we have taught them over the years is to stop and review where you're at mm-hmm. and to, to kind of get input from everyone. And, um, and, and so they did that a number of times. I was so impressed. But once... They did that, and the anesthesiologist who was in the room and I had decided we had to intubate the patient, and we were deep in the intubation and really focused on getting the tube in and, you know, listening to breath sounds and all of the things to confirm. And that was the moment that they chose to, to do this review, and the end of it, which I saw in the video was, anyone have any input? I hadn't heard that in real time. I only heard it on the video. It made me appreciate that they weren't aware of our absence, our intellectual listening absence, and we weren't aware of the chords they were playing either. Oh. And, and so the communication. So you guys were like playing separate songs. Separate songs <laughs> and playing over <laughs> each other. <laughs> and but anyway. had 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 he just waited a moment, uh-huh. or checked with us, or even looked at what we were doing on the video, it was so obvious that it was the inopportune time to do this wonderful review, mm-hmm. which listening to it on video was a perfect summary of where we were at and where we needed to go. It was just an A-plus teamwork move uh-huh. done at the wrong moment. <laughs> and so, so you know, with timing. the timing and the, and the difficulty well, of really having to be patient and listen to each other and put yourself in each other's shoes and say, you know, I've got to do this important teamwork thing, but I, it has to be when you're ready and I'm ready, and otherwise it'll fall on, literally fall on deaf ears. You know, we do blindfolded scenarios, and it does force the communication. And so there's, 
you know, huge appreciation for communication when it comes to teamwork. When I'm thinking of when I used to um, do some improvisation with my brother, um, we would take either two pianos or a guitar and a piano. And, but the eye contact was so important, like the nonverbals. And in addition to the listening. And so I wasn't in that simulation. I'm sad I wasn't. I, I would love to know. I mean, was the, were there physical barriers that the nonverbals? And, and I don't think we've ever discussed the importance of nonverbals in so, teamwork. So, so that was the... That, that was the spectacular thing about seeing it on video because there were clearly no obstructions. But wow. the obstetrician who did the summary turned to the surgical side, turned to the surgical team, and was clearly talking to the other obstetricians and uh-huh. nurses who were in the room. Was that and, debriefed? And, and had excluded thinking about the anesthesiologist. And and having been in these obstetrical courses, I know that there's this tremendous respect for each other mm-hmm. uh, between those two physician groups. Obstetricians seem to suggest that when things get really bad physiologically, they're limited in their scope to the obstetrical, surgical things they know to do, but they really count on the anesthesiologist to magically do lots of important things that they want no part of. They just take it for granted that it will be done. Uh-huh. And the same is true for the uh, for the the obstetrical anesthesiologists who... Um, you know, seem to greatly respect all of the maneuvers that the obstetricians are making in a moment to, you know, stem the bleeding or to get the baby out or to get the baby unstuck and, you know, things like that. And I think they just, it's just such an example of our musical analogy of (laughs) not playing in harmony. Both beautiful musicians... (laughs) But playing together, playing harmoniously, requires an extra measure, which has been kind of difficult to get people to to appreciate. So going back to the physical aspect, the fact that the person turned and therefore one harmony was ignored... Was that debriefed at all? I mean, it, it, it would be so was. interesting to know. Oh, it was. And, and it was so, I was, it, it's, it's so great to be in the cases. I have to say your perspective as a debriefer completely changes. Uh-huh. And I could say, you know, just watching that video, I'm hearing you do this wonderful summary. I have to say, having been in there and watching myself on the video, I didn't hear I, I tried to listen, but I really didn't hear what you said. I especially didn't hear you ask if I had any issues or concerns or, or, or thoughts about it, because look what I'm doing. I'm just right in the middle of getting that tube in and making sure that it's in the in the, the trachea. You know, if you just waited one moment, I, I would have been with you. And well, he said, you're absolutely right. 
he said, that's, that's just the worst. I know that's the worst time for you for me to do that. And I just wasn't aware of what you were doing at the time. And, and so I think, you know, we kind of got to that just kind of magical being in touch with your partner. You know, that is so interesting. And I, I would love to hear if, if this person just turned a little bit. And I'm just thinking about, you know, playing instruments. You get this indication from the person that, that is in the solo, you know, part of that improv, right? That person will look at you. And there's like a little nod or, or something. And uh-huh. you know you're the next one to jump in. Right. And if that person just changed their physical dynamic in the room, would that have prompted you to listen more? Because, you know, now they've expanded the team conversation to this includes you. So, so is it interesting that that? that the mode of communication and the level of communication has to change with experience. Yes. So I had never worked with him before. He had never worked with me. I'm not really an anesthesiologist. I, I, you know, it was kind of new to me, just two humans interacting. Uh, if I had said, wait a sec, wait till I'm done, you know, verbally communicated with him, then it would have worked perfectly. If he had said to me, can you listen up now? We're going to summarize anything like that. That would have worked. I don't think we had any more than your kind of average two people way to communicate Uh non-verbally. But you could be right. Maybe, you know, maybe I just, you know, glanced up. Maybe I would have... I heard him. I heard him speaking, and I heard. Uh-huh. I knew what he was doing. I just couldn't devote neurons to it, and neither uh-huh. could the other anesthesiologists. So it wasn't just my lack of, of clinical experience. It was the fact that we were, in fact, quite engaged in, in, in our task. And, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, that he didn't hear the summary either and he didn't speak up even though he had some things to say i I think you're onto something that 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 practicing together and practicing those nonverbals is is part of developing teamwork so i'm going to build on that because i feel like it's so funny we're in this jazz improvisation and conversation right now and so i'm gonna you know i don't know if this is a true jazz term but we, we used to call it comping for accompanying. So I'm listening to you say experience, the experience plays a part. And so now I'm going to kind of take the conversation there. And that's what usually comping would do is you'd accompany the, the melody from what you're saying and then kind of throw your in when you're mm-hmm. in the spotlight. So I'm thinking of um, experience and practice. Experience is important for knowing for gaining some of the physical skills, the nonverbal skills, and also the verbal skills of teamwork. But I'm thinking about my brother and I playing jazz, and, and I have, as you know, adopted brother. And he decided to kind of join us one day. And it just, like, it was terrible because my brother and I, the way we play, you know, it's just we practiced so much and got to know what our little riffs were and got to know 
all the chords that we liked and how to take it. And you, you just come up with like the central theme together. Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody new that you don't know come in, they don't know those things. And even though we had a lot of nonverbals going on, he would jump in in like a different chord or take it a different way that we're not used to. And, and it's fun. It, it, I mean, it's still fun, but it makes it really awkward and, and you just don't know where you're going. And, and at points you just want to be like, I give up. Let's start from the beginning and practice again. I think the musical analogy is a great one because you see that in clinical teams that people, people do get frustrated with each other and having to kind of work hard at communicating uh, work too hard and they get frustrated with it and they just basically play their own music. And so I think had your stepbrother practiced with you more, would it have been really good and sounded really good? Or is it just the chemistry between different that people is a that, good they, question. that they work together well? And I think you're right. I, I think it's the difference in personality because you have to have fun and you have to experience it and feel like the soul of the music. And he's very technical and would get, you could see him physically getting frustrated. Whereas my other brother just kind of goes with it. And sometimes he'll jump in when one of us is jumping in and he wasn't supposed to, and he'll just chill out. And you do have to have that fun, keep moving feel and, and so, yeah. 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 And, you know, we probably don't, in, in, a, in a clinical world, we probably don't have the flexibility to, um, you know, choose our partners uh, all the time. Uh, maybe that's unfortunate. It really hurts teamwork. I, I, you know, as you know, I play lots of doubles tennis, and there are clearly some people who I'm compatible with both in the style of our tennis and in our personalities that uh, um, make us a a good team or a horrible team. Uh, There's one fellow that I play with all the time, and if we wind up on the same same side of the court, it's a disaster. He always wants to tell me what to do, and he, anytime we lose a point, he finds some way to suggest that it was my fault. It's always your fault. And, Everything is your fault. Don't you know it's by now? It often is. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't need to be reminded of that. <laughs> and, and in fact, I think everyone we play with would agree that I'm the better tennis player. And that, that on a factual basis, he misses more shots and lose more, loses more points than I do. And so I just find that really, really frustrating. And it, and it affects my play and yeah. my play as well. And we certainly don't play well as a team. I don't think we've ever won. Emotional contagion. Oh, it's horrible. And there's another fellow that I play with all the time. And I'm a right-handed player. He's a left-handed player. He has a uh, big, powerful shot. I have uh, more accurate, um, uh, you know, angular shots. And somehow 
we our, our tennis is super compatible and we're emotionally compatible as well because we both know that we can lose our focus, that we can lose our tempers, and <laughs> all we have to do is look at each other with a nonverbal, and, you know, we know the other person is saying, cool it. I know you're blaming yourself for missing that shot. I know that you can make that shot. I know that we all miss them. Uh, just calm yourself down and let's play the next point. And none of those words get spoken, but we know that's what the other person is saying just by a little nod of the head or something. <laughs> and we've talked about it and, and we love to play together because it's just such harmony. DJ Simulationistas, sup? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.